Good afternoon, Ochar. I'm Marsha Vaughn. Today is Monday, May 22nd, and I'm happy to welcome back our panel of real estate experts, Jay Kreller, Jackie Tanner, and Nada Bozinski. And today we are going to talk about continuing education. But before we get started with that subject, we are going to do a quick market update. I think a great way to start is with your laughter. So you just <laughs> go right ahead. All right, you guys, welcome today. Um, how is everybody? We're here. Doing okay. Awake. <laughs> Mason was over. We're still you know, here. I think this is very similar to what you said two months ago. So you got to come Talking in with, along. come up with it's a still new spring, response. Marcia, it's still spring. It is still spring. So let, that's a great segue into our first topic, which is a market update. So do tell, do tell. What are you seeing out there? What's unique to this particular market here in the spring of 2023? So is this where I lead in with oh. I am looking for a uh, an emoji that has the you know tearing my hair out and I am sadly disappointed. I keep looking for the next best thing, but um, I feel the like head I'm exploding is not too far off. No, but it's not quite the same. You know, my, I've still got my head together, but I'm feeling like I need to tear my hair out, and I'm I'm not sure what's going on. To be honest with you, I'm like I I had a you mean in the market? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I am finding it very, very hard to come up with any kind of reasoning as to why X, Y, Z is happening. And I had a conversation mm-hmm. with a, you know, uh, somebody who's since retired, but yeah, trying to explain to her that I, <laughs> I'm at a loss and I have mm-hmm. to admit it. But let's talk about what that means. Like well, specifically. Well, I mean, for me, it's part of what I, I feel like I'm being hired to do is to give somebody a, a somewhat of a roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. And figure out that this, that, this may be bumpy if you go that way. This might uh, be a smoother ride and, and you know, just years or and years. answering the question, will there be more houses coming on <sighs> soon? Yeah. But that's, I, that's the question, right? That is the question that everybody's asking. If I don't buy this one, yes. will there be more? Yes. There's all, yes is always yeah. the answer to that question. How well, long might you have to wait? And will there be something <laughs> else like this? Right. Um, I, I the crystal that, ball question. Yeah, the crystal ball question. So I had that come up and... What I told my client was, let me do this. I'm going to go back six months. I'm going to match the parameters we have for your search. And I'm going to go back six months. And we're going to see how many potential houses would have worked for you. Because that's going to answer whether or not you feel like something else might come up. Mm -hmm. But that's the best that we can do. What a good idea. We have to look backwards to look forward sometimes. No, I've I've definitely, since the inventory has been low, that's exactly what I've been doing. I'm like, here, this is the kind of housing stock that we have here. It's not available for me to show you right now, but here's what your choices are. However, the the problem I see with that, and I do the same sort of thing, um, is there was a time just a couple months ago as things were very slow and people are anxiously awaiting new houses to come on the market that, you know, it was easier to say, I would think or expect that as we get closer to the school calendar, that we will see some more houses start to pop up because so many people tie their listing period to what is a reasonable time period for listing and not having a really long, either delayed closing or rent back period or whatever. And I was just talking with somebody on the way here, actually. And 
they are going to take a pass on a house that they were considering making an offer on because it has some flaws that they would inherit and they're not, they decided that it wasn't worth, you know, inheriting some flaws that may be difficult to sell down the road. And I thought that that was a good idea. And they did follow up with that, you know, crystal ball question of, but do you think there will be others <laughs> coming up? And I started to, to want to say, yeah, I think there will. And then I stopped myself and I realized, well, obviously, you know, one, I don't know, of course. And two, um, we're at May 21st, second, May 22nd. <clears throat> And Memorial Day is this coming weekend, and then the schools are out, you know, June, June 9th. June 9th. <laughs> you know, we're really kind of into our summer at this point. Yeah, the clock is ticking. The, the clock, clock is, is definitely ticking, and it seems to have just, mm-hmm. we're here. And it's, and and I haven't personally seen any real uptick in showings, They in uh, houses coming on. They just seem to be dribbling on a few a week totally random. And I really think this is tied to, personally, I think this is so tied to that feeling of people locally wanting to move, but not wanting to give up the current interest rate that they have, not being able to afford to give up the current interest rate that they have. And then not being thinking, you know, well, what would I possibly buy? Then I'm going to be a buyer. I'm going to be homeless. I will have sold my house. Yes, perhaps at a great price. But at what cost? Because then there won't be anything to buy. And by the way, the interest rates are twice what our current interest rate is, you know, mm-hmm. or more. Yeah, right. So I think it's a real problem, and that's what's creating this gridlock. But you know? uh, Dr. Yoon even wrote something about how this is going to be a problem that we're going to be seeing over and over again over the next five to ten years, and that our normal cyclical inventory is not going to be present. Because everybody who locked into those super low rates are never going to want to let them go. Right. Unless they have to. If they're moving out of state or if they're moving to... If they uh, have to, they have to. But like the voluntary movers, the move-ups, the move-downs, anybody who locked into those low interest rates, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, let's let's first start with months of inventory. In Chatham County, uh, we have two and a half months of inventory. In Orange County, one month. Mm -hmm. And days on market in Chatham County were 19... In April, this is average mm-hmm. number uh, dates. And Orange County, 14. Mm-hmm. And when is it considered being in balance again? When you've got months of it. Oh, like, like three is or four. It's, it's three or four. Three and a half or four. Is, yeah. It's somewhere in there. Yeah. So yeah. it's half of what it mm-hmm. should be. But part of, part of this, too, you see, and I, I just have a theory that our natural cycle is so interrupted that we can't take just the base numbers and go, this is what it means anymore. Mm-hmm. Because we've got so many factors that are affecting what people would normally voluntarily do. So mm-hmm. you, you take normal out of the equation mm-hmm. and do the numbers really mean anything anymore? Mm-hmm. And how much are Chatham County's numbers skewed by the fact that Chatham Park oh. is building? Right, and new we, construction. And, and that's new construction. And yeah. There's a yeah. lot yeah. of yeah, happening yeah, yeah. out there. Now, new construction doesn't crank up days on market because they stopped that because it was skewing the numbers so badly. Yeah, yeah that's a good And that's point. better. But it's still... They have more inventory mm-hmm. um, that might be on the market a little bit longer, but it's just because they have more inventory because they're building there. Mm-hmm. We're not building mm-hmm. anything in Orange County. So I'm glad you're bringing up the the fact that there are so many unique factors playing into this now. Because, Nada, when you're talking about the crystal ball question, I you know I can't help but think, why do people ask that question? Obviously, we don't have a crystal ball. But can you guys talk it's, about what? It's based on... 
you know, past uh, data, like historical data. We used to have patterns. We used to have recognizable market patterns, I think. I feel feel the exact same way. And we we did. And we are in a place we've never been. Who would have thought we would have started to think that COVID was sort of... (laughs) The good old days? (laughs) The good old days, exactly. (laughs) Well, it's the good old days, but it was also the big game changer. It was. But, I mean, we're, we're really in this crazy... Like, COVID reset things in a way... But it was still, it was go, 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 and rapid appreciation, weekend to weekend to weekend. It was out of control. It truly was out of control. And I think but because it lasted for such a long period of time or that continue uptick of the market because the interest rates did stay low for the entire period right into last spring, that did become somewhat of our norm. And we are having to adjust to not only like this this interest rate issue that we haven't seen in I don't know the last time the interest rates were at almost seven percent or whatever. I don't know like well, remember the, the <laughs> decade. I mean, I don't remember yeah. what our decade yeah. was. But long time. Even though they're relatively low, you know, we'd like to talk about the the benefits of the interest rates being higher to the buyer is that we're not seeing, you know, yes, they may be paying more for a loan, but they're not having to pay 150, 200 necessarily over the list price to get the house. Mm-hmm. So y- yes, there are exceptions to that, but as a whole, I think we're seeing mm-hmm. that kind of craziness be tamped down. The problem is just what we talked about a minute ago is there's there's just not any inventory and it's creating this sort of a wrench in the works that we've never really seen before. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about the terms, what we're seeing. Let's talk about due diligence. What are you seeing with due diligence? Has, has it changed in terms of the amounts? Depends on the house. It depends on the house. Everything is house specific. And you competitive know, competition. Competition and not competition. Specific. You know, it's a game we have to play in real time. It's not a game that we can predict like, oh, this yeah. is what we're going to do. It's like, it's, it's in real time. We may think we're going to get five offers on this house we just put on the market and we get nothing. Right. Um, you know, and part of this, and I just wanted to go back a, one, one step back. I think we're having a little bit of realtor whiplash too. Like, I think some people are pricing their houses like it's 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I agree with because that. Because they haven't quite caught up to the fact that those interest rates have squashed the buyer pools down a notch. Mm-hmm. And so people are still pricing it a little too high. And as a result, they're not getting the competition and they're not getting the, you know, the great due diligence fees because they're having to chase the market down. I'm and seeing do that you, more and more, and that's causing the time on market. Okay, but let me ask for some clarification there. Do you mean it does that vary depending on price point and how special? I've seen the it house across is? the game. I've seen it across, across the game in all the price points. It's almost like the realtors are going in, meeting with the clients, and are afraid to tell them mm-hmm. that it's not 2022. Mm-hmm. But if you have zero competition, why not go for it on price? Because then you end up chasing the market down. The only mistake you can make in a seller's market is overpricing the house. It's the only mistake you can make. You can't underprice it. If you price it a little too low, mm-hmm. trust me, they'll bid it up. Yeah, well, that's what. But I mean, if you absolutely. overshoot and you're missing that pool that's of the buyers, problem. and you start chasing it down, what is the mm-hmm. first question every buyer you take through that house is going to ask? Why isn't it sold? What's wrong with it? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with it? Because houses shouldn't be on the market for two to three mm-hmm. weeks. So, but but realtors but, yeah, are afraid. We just had a situation. I know we can't talk details, but um, 
So why did I bring it up? <laughs> well, it, it was one where, you know, the two of us who were listing the house were scratching our heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, very unique house, very desirable neighborhood um, with lots of things about it that would mean that it would, you know, ordinarily be a quick sale. That is one where we counsel the client to price it at X and in order to, you know, you can't undersell it. Um, he's a real estate investor. He didn't want to necessarily uh, go with our our advice. And so we priced it apart and we got offers, but nothing that ever worked. Uh, and then all of a sudden, and we've been on the market for, what, five weeks, maybe? And we get two offers out of nowhere. Hmm. And, you know, sold, yeah, so sold for a very that's healthy the, amount That's the scariest asking. thing in the world because I, you are the exception that everybody's going to point to yes. and go, what if? Yet but it's you know, not what normally happens. But do we need to adjust our expectations because five weeks, hey, that's pretty good. I mean, no, they five sold. weeks is not good in a market that's averaging 27 days. Well, and I just, I closed on a house and then I had to turn around and put it right back on the market because my buyer's mm-hmm. plans changed. Mm-hmm. Can I get an offer? No. No. Wow. Yeah. Same and house, you, same house that was they were competing for two correct. months ago. No, oh, two weeks ago. Two weeks mm. ago. See, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah everybody that. has the exception talk, story. Talk about that because I want I want to hear the why behind. But that. everybody has the exception story, and this is what I find we have to debate our clients about. I heard about oh. X, Y, or Z, and it's the exception story. It's not the rule. The rule is, you all know the rule, the longer you're on the market, the lower the list price to sale price ratio. That is statistically proven. This, mm-hmm. There's no debate about that. The longer you're on the market, the less you're going to get to list price by so, statistics so across the board. So what do you do when you get to that third, fourth week? Well, first of all, you talk to your sellers ahead of time and you say, I don't want to be the agent right. in the third or the fourth week. Right. Because I don't want to be the one disappointing you every week as we have to drop the price mm-hmm. until we get to the right price while everybody's asking mm-hmm. the same question. What's wrong with the house when there's nothing wrong with the house? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just overshot. Well, I, I appreciate you making that uh, point about the exception because it sounds like, Jackie, your situation is the exception. Well, I also, I think You've that got a couple exceptions, right? We, I do. I mean, on the other, you yeah. know, and I'm hoping that the same thing happens with, with the other one because it's some, somebody explained it to me a master on the main level, you know, very new house. Great. There's no competition. <laughs> There's literally no competition. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, why is this house not selling? And did they? Um, I, I am getting people who uh, are wondering why it went right back there. in the market. Mm-hmm. You see, that's mm-hmm. the, the that's what's wrong with the house. Uh, mm-hmm. And I talked with, with somebody about it today. I think I'm going to have to put in the remarks. You know, my buyer's plans change. There's nothing wrong with this house. Oh, I definitely would. You have to put that in the remarks. Yeah. I do that I definitely right away. would right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would too. Too bad. A lot of agents don't read the remarks, but I would still put, <laughs> you guys have complained about this before too. Like agents, read the agent's remarks. That's what they're there for. <laughs> I think um, I think Jay's point is really well taken about um, how, you know, in terms of pricing, really having good conversations with sellers on the front end to say that we would much rather err on the side of maybe being a little lower than you're ex- than you would think that we should list it um but that feeling assured that the because there is so little inventory that the buyer market will take it where it needs to go and that you I feel like you'd much rather be in that position than what we just talked about where you've overshot it and then there's there's it's difficult to come back from that. Because that's the situation where you are getting the big due diligence and you are saving yourselves from the second bites. Yeah. 
you know, because if you've got the twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars in due diligence because they com- were competing for it, you don't have to worry about repairs at that point. Mm-hmm. But if you've been on the market for five weeks and you've got two thousand dollars in due diligence, you're going to get eaten up on repairs. So mm-hmm. it's the second bite you got to be careful about. But the, here's the interesting part about this, and we were talking about this before we started recording, is the whole competitive nature of things. Like it's this fine line and this dance that we do, and every time it feels new where. You know, we're talking about pricing it right, but not creating such a competitive, you know, ridiculous competitive nature that people feel like they don't, you know, my buyers are out with like they're they're burned out. They they can't afford to, you know, go so much over or you get feedback that, oh, they're very interested. It sounds like they're going to write an offer and it sounds like there's a lot of interest and then all of a sudden you end up with nothing. You know, because people are so afraid of having to bid it up and overpay. So there is this really fine mm-hmm. line there about the competitive nature that we're in this spring versus last spring and when the interest what, rates were where they yeah, were. Our yeah. seller was afraid of was like, okay, so I listed at X price. Uh, what if we don't get the, the feeding frenzy? Mm-hmm. It's lower than I would want to accept for the house. I'm not taking that little for the house. And so we sit, we, what if we put it out there? We sit there and a week later we get an offer and somebody's just going to come in at this price. You know, that, that and, is, and he said, you know, am I going to be the jerk that says, hell no, I'm not selling my house. You know, and how do you know now when we are undercutting the market price-wise? Because mm-hmm. I that's what I'm having trouble pinpointing with as much um, confidence as I usually brought to the table i am um, my, my confidence is i can't believe i'm, I'm saying this out loud but uh, <laughs> you know jackie tanner's confidence <laughs> has been compromised everyone are you listening in, in, in defense of jackie jackie i i think that you know we we work in an industry where the path we're walking in terms of prices it, it's fluid it's always changing mm-hmm and you can know all the numbers in the world and you can have your statistics down to a science. It's still the human element yeah. in the equation yeah. 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 that we cannot predict. Exactly. Yep. So I think that you should not be so hard on your confidence. <laughs> I think you're doing just fine, <laughs> yeah. Jackie Tanner. Yeah. It's just a, it's a different. It is. It's just strange. different. It feels very, uh, very like un, uncharted territory. It does indeed. And as, you know, the person who is often hired to charter the boat, so to speak, I feel like there's something that I'm yeah. I'm not bringing to the table that I used to be able to. With, um, I mean, I still, of course, have the, the, the wider view and the experience that the client doesn't have and, and get to talk to other agents as much as I can about what we see going on. That's why I like having a you know, social function. Um, is this, it's always valuable to go talk with mm-hmm. other top producers and see what they're seeing in the marketplace. It's so important um, because I think we're all, you know, we're all independents. It's so important for us to know that we're not the, just the only ones who feel this way right. every day. You know, like we're all dealing with this stuff. We're mm-hmm, all mm-hmm, a little confused, not not feeling the the confidence that we may have felt in other markets. Yeah, I've got people I can't find things for. Mm. Just uh, I've got a long list, actually. That seems and to then, be the normal. How, how can it be that people I can't find things and then houses that aren't selling? Yeah. Like, it's like things just don't feel like they're damn. clicking right now. And yeah. can people, when they get to the point where they have to have some place to live and they can't find it, are they renting? And are they renting, find having success renting? 
It's not a great rental market either, I found. No, it's a it's a very tough rental market. I've had three intakes in the last two weeks of buyers who've got hard outs in August. And I'm like, okay, that's three. I've got to find houses for for July twentieth. The two of them are looking at the same category. I'm like, this isn't gonna end well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're speechless. Like, how are you gonna do that? But hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, there are those homeowners out there that are thinking, well, I don't want to miss this overpriced market. I want to go ahead and sell my house. But I really do think it comes down to either they're going to like a a living community, like a 55 plus, you know, one of our local, the Cedars or the Forest of Duke or something, or they are moving out of state. But there seems to be very, very little with local movement otherwise mm-hmm. for the reasons that we talked about. I think that is, it is right. really just people are stuck and they do not want to be in the buyer pool. They don't want to, they can't afford really for what they would want. They're looking at so much more than what they're currently sitting on. It just mm-hmm. often doesn't mm-hmm. make financial sense for them to move. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I, and like you said, I don't think it, that's going to change anytime yeah. really, you know, it's soon. Really, really tricky. Before we leave the subject of the current market and the market update, Nina, I think there was something you wanted to talk about in terms of um, people setting deadlines for oh. offers. Okay. And I think that that was kind of a unique thing to this particular market, um, especially as it was influenced by COVID years. Yeah, I think that we we became pretty accustomed to houses that would come on because there was such a high demand and things were appreciating so much, even from weekend to weekend. This was last spring and before, you know, in our lower interest rate market. It was the exception for a house not to have multiple offers. We all remember a time not too long ago that houses were selling before they even got to the market and people were putting them under contract sight unseen and then nobody ever even got a chance to see it and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Are you seeing sight unseen offers? Not as much, no. The one Amy and I closed today had received a, a sight unseen offer and coming soon status that they didn't take. I, okay. I, I did actually just sell one that was sight unseen. Okay. Um, I had the listing, somebody else had the buyer, so I forgot about that. But yeah, they bought it sight unseen. Okay. I think there are still, I recently sold something where the agent did a FaceTime and where people, you know, because so many people are moving from out of state. That mm-hmm. is just a fact. Right. So mm-hmm. we're that's become much more commonplace where people are doing FaceTime or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it was back before we had no showings or coming soon when the coming soon status was different and it didn't uh, tally you, you days on market and, and all that. And there was FaceTime showing. Yeah, there was soon. there was a time when people yeah. were like things were selling before anybody had a chance to even get in the door and all that. And I think that what I was curious about is navigating this new market where if you put a house on the market, you have agents call asking the kind of questions like, hey, are you going to be setting a deadline Um, where we might have in the past gone ahead and put in agent remarks about an offer of deadline like right out of the gate because we would anticipate that houses would have multiple offers to set expectations of for everyone to allow like Everyone to, you know, kind of keep a cool head, no emergency real estate. You know, there's going to be an offer deadline. Everybody will have a chance to see it. And it just sort of levels the playing field. I think that's a great idea. 
the issue that I'm finding lately is that now, for whatever reason, if you were to set an offer deadline, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before, where because the interest rates are now higher, there's less uh, appeal or less inclination to want to compete and potentially go a huge percentage over the list price and get into a multiple offer situation than they were when the market was different and the interest rates were more than half or Mm -hmm. less than half of what they are now. Yeah. So I think it's just this weird place of, you know, if you set a deadline, is that being being presumptuous? If you set a deadline and you don't get any offers, then what does that look like? And, you know, it is, it's just sort of a strange market Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's hard to know how to navigate it because some agents are, and their buyers are getting sort of turned off by the fact that maybe it's going to be too competitive and then you end up with nothing. <laughs> and that looks really bad. <laughs> Not it so feels bad. really bad too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think I, even during all the, the craziness, I never I never called for a deadline until I, I knew. Until you had an offer. Right, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. I, and most of that's, that's just like- a safer place to be. Yeah, I don't trust my luck. I wasn't going to jinx it by no, saying offer a deadline I, ahead of time. I just, right. it feels presumptuous right. to me. But I, I just could never too. get myself there. It's it's a you know the seller has to understand that again like everything else we have a game plan but this is a game we play in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you get the Good proverbial point. offer you can't refuse, mm-hmm. and it's a real hassle for you to be out of the house all weekend, mm-hmm. and you're eighty years old, yeah, right. You know, you may want to consider taking it because I'm not sure we're going to do better mm-hmm. than this. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so forget the deadline. I'm advising you to take it. Yeah, that doesn't happen often, but it's happened a couple of times for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we can play it through the weekend, but I don't think we're going to do better. And you get to come back into your house. What would you like to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the seller's call. It's mm-hmm. always their call. Yes, for sure. So, Okay. Let's talk about the very exciting topic of continuing education. The reason we want to talk I'm about so this I'm so glad we're drinking. Is- <laughs> 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 we're all drinking. We hope any of you who like to drink are also drinking. But the reason we're talking about this is because we're all frustrated with continuing education. And we don't want to get in trouble with the state or the North Carolina Real Estate Commission. But why are we frustrated? Because the continuing education is terrible. It's off topic. It's not relevant. Tell us how and we really need feel. more of it. <laughs> and here's the thing. We need more we of do. it. Eight stupid hours mm-hmm. doesn't do us any good in the field. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Jackie, why are you frustrated? I don't know. I love being told how to sign working with real estate agents. <laughs> <laughs> Brochures after 28 years in the business. For the 20 Okay. I, you know, I often wonder whether I, 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 I feel like I'm lucky to practice real estate in a marketplace that has a lot of very good, um, high-caliber agents. And I think I have to recognize that the Real Estate Commission uh, isn't just, you know, doesn't just govern me and my friends. They're, um, they're not writing this for the Chapel Hill crowd? Correct. <laughs> oh, okay. and, and for, they're not writing it for the crowd that have 20 plus years of experience. <laughs> right. But I have to say, I'm, I am honestly just flabbergasted that there is even a reason that the Real Estate Commission feels like it has to keep going over this working with real estate agents thing and making sure people understand it and why. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I We are so a, out of touch. 
<laughs> Trust me, the consumer gets by our agency people. They've gotten it. <laughs> okay, but Jackie, is that an example? Is that just one example of the problem? Yes. I mean, to me, that's just like a, 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 a I don't know what the right word is here, but lightning, you know, yeah. it's, it's emblematic of the rest of it. it. There's just no content. Like I used to go to somebody who was excellent and making us all laugh. And he would, you know, there were lots of gems along the way. There were maybe five things that I would pick up in my eight hours of CE mm -hmm. that were of interest mm -hmm. to me. But five things in eight hours is just mm -hmm. unacceptable mm -hmm. to me. Okay. I, I want to learn something. Okay, I hold, really do. Hold that thought, too. Thank you. We've now heard from Jay and Jackie. Nada, why are you frustrated? Um, I'm frustrated because I feel like the topics are, like like Jay said, you know, Maybe not that they're not relevant. It's just that they're certainly not interesting and they're not building us as they're not allowing us to grow as agents. Like I would think that they would be interested in figuring out how to um, understand what experienced agents like start with the experienced agents. What is going to make an experienced agent grow? And then, you know, that anybody who doesn't have the wealth of experience is going to obviously benefit from it. But if you start at the top rather than at the bottom, then you're going to have a better end result. And I think that there are so many topics that are really critical, like, you know, that are tied to negotiating and the mortgage process and everything that we tend to not know a lot about. We recently had a local mortgage broker come in and talk to us about um, the mortgage loan process. You guys said add and have it. Add and have it, yeah. And it was probably the most informational. It was the best CE I've had. Ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really important. And it was important because it is so, uh, you know, as regardless of the market, we are still looking at relatively high non, you know, these due diligence fees where there's a lot of risk involved for buyers even when there aren't a lot of houses on the market, when they do make an offer on a house, they are putting themselves at risk. So the more information we have on the front end to mm -hmm. lessen, lessen their potential for a disaster by them not qualifying because they changed jobs or what, whatever, you know, under, really understanding what can throw a hitch in the mortgage process. When you think everything's really going to hum along well, having a really good mortgage, you know, a really good lender with really good communication skills and understanding the, the mortgage process is really key to setting your buyers up for success and talking about why it's important often to have a local mm -hmm. lender. Okay. Nada, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought too. Now, I, I bear with me, guys. I want to do a little role play. The three of you have been asked by the North Carolina Real Estate Commission to be the committee for continuing education and Amen. for making it better. <laughs> so this is your first committee meeting. What do you want to change and how do you want to do it? I mean, I I want to understand the process by which they pick the topics that they think we need to learn about, right? Like in the in the well, general the committee, or the so you decide. I mean, I would be putting it back out to the sort of like we did with the podcast. Like, I'd like to have questions from the general public. I'd like input from agents as to what they feel would be beneficial, and then sort through that, and then tailor it 
you know, to some extent to what, what agents would like to learn about. I mean, it's a difficult one for me to think about because I, I worked for a closing attorney before I got my real estate license. And I learned so much more just working on the closing end, working for her, than I did. In, and it only took me 30 hours to get my license back in the late 90s. Then I, you know, if I, all I had done was gone to real estate school, I wouldn't have come out of the end of that 30 hours with any knowledge of how to actually do a real estate transaction. And do, I don't, you, do you think that part of that was that you were in a seat to see what could go wrong? And so you learned by watching things go badly. I did. Yes, absolutely. But there was nowhere in my my education to get my real estate okay, license that, that taught so me any of that. Translate that fact into what could happen with CE to make it more meaningful. I mean, I think I'd also like to do panels, like have panels of of experienced agents, like have like we I, have I the find broker, top, have the attorney have a have a topic and have it be a discussion type of forum, because I think people learn better that way if they're being interacted than where, what most of us do when we go to CE, like my kid in high school, you know, just sit behind the desk and listen for however long, and it's not very exciting. I, I, I mean, the thing about the guy who made us all laugh, but at least we felt like we were getting something out of it, even if it was just a laugh. <laughs> well, I knew who you're talking about. He was an excellent educator also. For a long time, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did feel like I learned things, but nevertheless, for the eight, I want my eight hours to be way more packed with things for me to learn than just like, walking away with a few I tidbits. have some ideas. Um, on the committee. I, again, I think about what are the things we run, what are the things that can potentially get us as agents or our buyers in trouble or compromised? So, you know, a lot of this is if we're listing a house and maybe we don't have a lot of experience with people going through a divorce, what are, what has to be in place? What are the things that have to be in place for, for people to be able to sell a house if they're going through a divorce or if they're separated versus a divorce. I mean, there's so many things that we just kind of take for granted. And then it comes up and you're like, oh gosh, you know, um, really doing your due diligence as a listing agent to find out, you know, we have a lot of neighborhoods in Chapel Hill where there are houses that are connected to city sewer and water. And then there are houses right in the same neighborhood, perhaps next next door to a house that is on city sewer and water that is actually on septic and city water. Okay. And those so, have been issues that have come up. So, so understanding talk to your committee and how would you incorporate that? I, I think that's sort of like the, you know, potential pitfalls uh, in, in a listing, you know, how, how to make sure you're really doing your due diligence as a listing agent to know, to ask the questions and if and and even then, even beyond what, because sometimes the sellers are just giving you the information they have, or they're basing it off of when they bought the house and that information was wrong, and then you're continuing to promote wrong information, right? Okay. Like, so, a, as an agent who has just six years of experience, if I saw a class called potential pitfalls, I would run to take that class. Okay. We need would the you class. Guys, would you guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So maybe no, that's flood what insurance. To do with understanding flood insurance, you know. <laughs> okay, so talk about what would appeal to you with all your many years of experience. Quite frankly, I want to see a required course where everybody has to spend four hours in the field learning how an, a house is made. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'm yeah. sorry. The, Crawling and crawl Some of the and... issues I get, and I'm picking on new agents, sorry guys, 
some of the issues I get from new agents that are acting like it's the end of the world. And it makes my contractor head explode. It makes my realtor head explode. But we're very polite. We deal with it. But it's like, you've got to understand how houses work. Mm -hmm. This is your product. You're selling a product. At the end of the day, you're selling a product. Mm -hmm. Understand how it works. Mm -hmm. Understand when you are at risk for possibly being on a septic. It's not that hard to figure out. Mm -hmm. When was the house built? What's the lot sizes in the neighborhood? Siding. If you're in Southern Village, Siding. if you're in Southern Village, you don't really have to worry about a septic right. field. Right. <laughs> but if you're in Lake Forest, you do. Mm-hmm. Or Morgan Creek. Or Morgan Creek. Well, mm-hmm. in Morgan Creek, you always do. Or Berry Hill or whatever. Exactly. I mean, there, there are all kinds of, not so, Berry Hill. So, um, but this is, these are nuances. Bayberry. But somebody yeah. needs to be teaching these things mm-hmm. to the agents mm-hmm. so that they understand it better. We have to be better at what we do, but we need someone teaching us. We do not need the same eight things taught to us every year for yep. 30 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. So every time, like every July, they're coming out with new forms. We don't need to incorporate that into the CE. Is that what I'm hearing from you? That can be if, done a If we incorporated way. that as a portion, but honestly, let's, there, there have been very few radical changes to our forms. It's, it's mm-hmm. my new changes every year. One hour of CE, here are the changes. Uh-huh. Here's, here's how you have to address them differently. Tom Holt, if we can mention people's names, when he he used to sponsor Ochar, and he always had a speaking gig mm-hmm. at events because he was our uh-huh. our foundation sponsor. Well, he still he still is. He always sponsor. took he always took that time to just spend fifteen minutes on the forums mm-hmm. updates. Perfect. He gave us something back for that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and it was it was the exact thing we needed. It was the best fifteen mm-hmm. minutes of continuing education in terms of forms. But that's how long it took. And for those who don't know, Tom Holt is an attorney. Mm-hmm. He's, he's one of the premier attorney. closing attorneys in, in right. the area. Yeah, right. Bagwell Holt Smith. But though, you see, that, that took 15 minutes. Forms update, done. Mm-hmm. Best, best info, good info. Needed it, good. Don't want to be caught in a nuance because a form change came through that we weren't aware of. That's great. So I felt Four like, hours on it. I felt like the instructors, when I go to CE... I feel like they've been tasked with making sure that we come out with, again, back to my four or five pieces of thing. And then my sense is that they're trying to figure out how to fluff the rest of it in between. Well, <laughs> here's another thought is, you know, we have designations, right? There's the GRE, the, C, you know, graduate realtor, uh, GRI, GRI, sorry, GRI. not the GRE. There is a GRE, not in real estate. Um, but GRI, so uh, the Graduate Realtor Institute, and then CRS and ABR. C- yep. And so, again, those are designations that you have to pay for. But there is nothing to prevent the Real Estate Commission or the forms, you know, or the CE committee from taking some of that information, which you are having to pay to get that certification. Oh my God, I have my next career. (laughs) I'm going to develop the housing designation. When you understand houses. (laughs) I wish you would. I I think that's seriously. We need the house expert designation. We need the, I understand how houses work. Construction. Construction designation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's true. And not new construction because that's that's a whole different thing. But I do think that that you can take sort of bits from these various designations, which... Again, you're paying to sort of set yourself apart with these, you know, alphabet soup of whatever designations. I think that there's 
there's something to be said for why aren't those offered for free in our update classes, you know, take the best points of those mm-hmm. so that everybody can be a better listing agent, a better buyer agent, understand construction, how a house is made, mm-hmm. you know, um, understand that a crawl space is exterior space and that it's not supposed to be really understanding. How about understanding um air quality, mold and mildew, and when it's really important and when it isn't, and un- mm-hmm. in the, and mm-hmm. as it ties to crawl spaces. Really understanding that so it yeah. doesn't become this horrible sticking point, you know, that can crush a deal. Well, it, it, I love, I love, I mean, that learning from the that. trades people too mm-hmm. has, has been one of my favorite things to do. And I love to have like a refresher course, like mm-hmm. how the different types of septic systems. Mm-hmm. Well, if they let me design the housing course, everybody's going to need jumpsuits, man. Because we, <laughs> we are going in crawl spaces. <laughs> The older, the tighter, the better. We are going in. I am not taking that class. Oh, Jane, you're going to love it, Marsha. You're in the end. You're going to love it. My knees will not handle that, but <laughs> but I will hang on your every word from outside the cross. We'll video it in. I would definitely take that class. Dead snakes, dead possums, <laughs> mice. No, no, no. Jackie's the one that's taught me the impro- importance of the crawl space. So. Well, how many, yeah, how many home inspections have you gone to and everything's gone fine and then they go in the crawl space and the whole thing is, you know, yeah. just blows yeah. up in your face. Yeah. It's like, I don't you know, I list a house without going in there and taking a, yeah. a, a look and seeing when, what we're going to have to deal with. Yeah, when Bob and I just listed our house and I uh, got a call from one of the realtors afterwards and said, I love going to a home that's owned by a realtor because the crawl space always looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having a having a contractor lead one of them, having a structural engineer, or it can be in combination. You know, they could it could over a course of four hours, it can be divided. Well, is that it? I mean, you're the committee. Is I that would do the that. Right, I think that, that makes right sense. Time is the four I hour do. class the right amount of time. It's the right amount of time for a basic thing. It needs more than that. Like I said, I really think I'm going to, we're going to, we need the designation. We need the house, house facts designation. Okay, now I will tell you that what I've heard, and I think you guys have too, is people have said, because two of you I know are interested in teaching in the future, go develop a course and then go to the real estate commission with that course. And I think they will jump at the opportunity to have you offer that. The day job is keeping us a little busy. At the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, but it could be my retirement career. Yeah, that would, that would be fun. Back to Jackie's suggestion about the tradespeople. If you had somebody come in and talk about the crawl space, I think four hours is. And this is not your class, Jay. This is just having um, like a structural engineer come in and talk about it, or somebody who does structural repair that does excellent work, and he works with a lot of the inspectors. Since he does is. He takes the reports from the various inspectors. He knows all of them. He knows what they, what their biases are. And then he says, this is what you really need to do. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be valuable for us to hear that? Right. Very. Right. I agree. I mean, I think the more information we can provide, you know, often our sellers are relying on us. And sometimes we see things or recognize things that they haven't identified, like in their disclosure, you might see something and say, tell me about this, or it looks like you have polybutylene pipes or, you know, whatever it is Mm -hmm. to be able to set your sellers up for the best possible outcome because you've done your work with them. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, you know, really setting your buyers up for the best possible outcome, you know, pointing out things that are, uh, 
you know, how, how to recognize different types of siding, you know, the difference yeah. in the application between yeah. a masonite hardboard product and a fiber cement yeah. and why I, I, there are inherent yeah. problems and, and understanding yeah, yeah. really about that. And, and that goes back to a lot of times I see a lot of errors on if it, maybe it's an inexperienced agent or even an experienced agent who thinks that it's fiber cement and it's actually a hard board and they don't know the hardy difference. Board. And mm -hmm. then, well, hard board oh, versus hardy plank, plank, which is a brand name of a fiber cement kind yeah. of thing, yeah. you know, and like this, the seller doesn't know the difference. They yeah. think it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then they're promoting it as something. And then it, you know, maybe they promote it or market it mm -hmm. and market in their disclosure as fiber cement when it's actually a hard board or a masonite mm -hmm. type of product. And then that leads to, you and know. You can get out of the contract no matter how much due diligence you put it just, <laughs> It just, there's a product out there that's, that's an OSB or a strand board. Or in a strand. And yeah. it looks a lot like fiber cement. Yeah. And uh, Southern Village has it, mm -hmm. and you think it's fiber cement, and the sellers think it's fiber cement, and the agents think it's fiber cement, until you have an inspector look at it, and he says, this is not fiber cement. You know, It's also not masonite. It it's not. It's OSB. It's or in a strand board. Strand board, and, and it's a different product. What and it's level not, of quality is that? It's better of, than masonite, sort of between the two. <laughs> <laughs> it's right between the two. Okay, interesting. So, so what I hear you guys talking about are very um, specific and somewhat narrow topics, but they're important because these so are the issues that agents are getting in trouble with in the field because they don't know when to make these judgment right. calls about is it this or is it this. I'm just thinking in terms of how the Real Estate Commission could organize it. But what I hear you saying is that we need maybe shorter CEs on uh, narrower topics that are very relevant. Very I think that's hard to do, though. Shorter CD, you know, shorter CDs on, on narrow topics are harder to do, but it could be done. It could be done. So eight hours of CE, in my opinion, for the professions we have, for mm -hmm. the liabilities we have, is simply not enough. Mm -hmm. We should be doing 24 30 hours of CE every year. Oh, wow. I'm so we glad. really should. I got to be honest with you. We, so are, we don't have that. We are telling people to put $50,000, $100,000 non-refundable down on the table. Mm -hmm. And our entire commitment to our educational process is eight hours a year. Damn, you're a good realtor, Jake Crowler. I'm just saying, this is insane. No other profession with the amount of responsibility we have. Well, that's has another so thing little, that has to change is the contract. Is so little. <laughs> the offer okay, to what do you guys think about that 24 to 30 hours of CE every year? I mean, well, that sounds more like education. a lot to me. But it does I, sound it, like a it, lot, but uh, I think it's important. I do if. I would do it willingly if I can, if I could. If you got something, something. Out if of it, it was meaningful, like, if it was meaningful yes. education, I would willingly and gleefully do it. Mm -hmm. But eight agree. hours of inane, repetitious stuff that we've heard twenty years and counting. I tell you what, I think would be super helpful, and I'm gonna put my be very vulnerable here. I find it very, very difficult to navigate the county websites to navigate oh. GIS, to understand. I struggle, I struggle with that. I mean, I feel me like I, I am limping through it and it, that you, would Nadia. really, really be helpful um, if somebody from, you know, zoning, from, you know. I from, am on the OCHAR Education Committee and I am hearing you and yeah. we're gonna do something about that. I think that's really, really important. I, I do, I think it's super important. It's very, very difficult. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I, as, as an agent, am trying to get my, 
buyers more information and I just feel like such an idiot trying to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. I really well, do. And there's also the whole hot potato game that the county and the town play. Like you're asking a question and they say, oh, you got to tell the county. No, no, you got to tell the town. And just oh, getting yeah, anybody yeah. on the phone. Yeah. What about what about RCD, the Resource mm-hmm. Conservation District? What about impervious surface issues? What if you're selling a house and you don't recognize that somebody has maxed out their impervious surface or that there are impervious surface limitations and they want and to it's Saturday add on. and you've got to have that offer right. by Sunday at five. That's right. These are all things yeah, that are, that they scary. do come up. And the, and if we could yeah. get, that become more educated scary. on these things, I think I, if I could feel more confident about how to navigate these sites so I can get the information I need on a weekend, mm-hmm. you're in a competitive situation, it's really important to understand, can they add on? Could they put a pool? There's a stream in the backyard. How far from the stream? Can you build, can you build anything? You know, trying to get anybody, forget it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. These are all really important things, especially really if people important. are putting down 50, 100. Exactly. You know, whatever. And, and they're relying on us. That's what continuing education that should be. be about. I that's honestly be never brought this up in the education committee as a topic idea because I really thought I was the only one struggling that much with oh, these sites. I but hate it. I am struggling with these sites. Yep. They are not intuitive to me. Yep. They don't work the way my brain works. Yep. And sometimes I'm in a loop and I'm and I I have had more than one computer mysteriously break physically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. <laughs> More than one. Wow. No, I thank I thank you for your honesty because Lord knows I struggle. So I bet most people do. Um, okay, you guys, any other uh, suggestions, solutions? I, I think what we're going to do with this is take our ideas to the Real Estate Commission. Yeah, that would be we great. We can't get any worse. <laughs> well, I do think that, you know, there's a way to do a mashup. You mm-hmm. know, maybe... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and offer more throughout the year and you can kind of pick and choose. And I think mm-hmm. because there will be, there will always be newer agents who maybe need, you know, if we've done the, you know, the construction of a house, what are the bones of a house, recognizing the different, you know, mm-hmm. pieces of the house. Once you know it, you know it and you don't need to keep taking it. But mm-hmm. as new agents come in and, you know, so that there's mm-hmm. just more flexibility about the CE that is available. There's a lot, I think, offering a broader range based on your level of experience and time in the industry would be very helpful rather than doing this sort of shotgun approach, for lack of a better way to put it, mm-hmm. that everybody should pick from the same three topics yeah. of, you know. When I was a young agent starting out, my then BIC told me, get your designations. Go ahead and get all the coursework mm-hmm. for your designations out of the way while you're not super busy mm-hmm. and you have time. Work mm-hmm. on your designations. Get yep. the coursework out of the way. Some of the best advice I ever got. Wait, which designations? GRI, I ha- CRS. I, ha- I have an alphabet soup behind my name. ARB. So, but um, of them, GRI was probably the most I think it was the beneficial. Best. Okay. CRS has, has worked for me in terms of referrals because that's the referral designation. But mm-hmm. the CRS is good. My my favorite designation is the SRES, the Seniors Real Estate Specialist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, it's a different designation. It's... Mm-hmm. That's good too. That, that but yes, yeah, so, but yeah, I've got an alphabet suit. But here's the key: get those designations because that's the education that you don't get getting your license, but you need in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second thing: every new agent find an inspector who is doing an inspection on a house where the buyers are not present. Follow them on the inspection. Learn mm-hmm. about houses. You will learn more if you attend 
10 100%. inspections Absolutely. with an inspector, you will learn more about houses than anybody else out there, novice buying a house. And then you can speak with confidence. And that doesn't cost you anything. It's just a relationship you have to build with a good inspector. And your buyers think you're amazing. Excellent. Seriously, when Excellent. you're going in the crawl space with people oh, yeah. and you're telling them what you're looking for, why to look for it, as we look at houses, these are the things mm -hmm. that we're going to pay attention to. Do you smell anything? Do you see the efflorescence? That's a sign of whatever. Do we see any standing water? All these things are really important mm -hmm. and they appreciate your honesty. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think a lot of people feel like they're just, as realtors, we're just trying to sell them the house. And mm -hmm. I'm very shocked when I'm like, no, I, this no I've right. got your back. Yeah. I've got your back. <laughs> I just got out of the crawl space. Excuse me while I get the cobwebs out of my hair. Is, I'm just as inclined right. to have them to, to recommend they don't make an offer on a house as I mm -hmm. am, perhaps more so. You know, yeah. yep. I'm going to be much more. No, no better way to impress your client. Absolutely. I, you I have honestly said run away more than I've said. Mm -hmm. I think you should buy. Jay, do you mm -hmm. actually suit up yes. and get in the YouTube? Not everyone. Not everyone. Not everyone. Okay. If I'm concerned about something, uh -huh. and there are things that I can look for that I'm like, I'm uh -huh. really concerned about this. And when the crawl space is like about 15 inches, the door is 15 inches high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now there are some, okay, I am not a small person. There are some that are beyond my capacity to do. I will at least still look in and see what I can see. Okay. But yes, I keep a, a cover suit in my car. I keep knee pads in my car and I've got a headlamp. So that mm -hmm. I can crawl around in crawl spaces and look well, at things. I, because I'm not going to ask somebody to put $50,000 on the line mm -hmm. if there's a big, scary gremlin in the crawl space. Okay. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Damn, you're a good realtor. I, no, I'm just a past contractor. So it doesn't bother I me know, to go in a crawl space. You. See, I go in the crawl spaces, but I do not have a suit. I know you Maybe I should invest in one. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people that's why I'm often dressed in jeans and t-shirts. <laughs> I came, I came out of one crawl space and I had a back full of camelback crickets. Oh, oh wow. And my client, I came out of the crawl space and I'm talking to the client and my, the other client was behind me and all of a sudden I feel this. like, And they're like brushing them off my back. <laughs> Pitching a ride. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Well, anyway. and for, for those of you who are listening and thinking, oh, I can't do that. I, I will tell you, I can't do it because I am older and I have bad knees and I, I just couldn't do it. So as Jay pointed out to me once, you know, there are people I can hire to do that mm -hmm. if I have concerns. Mm -hmm. The problem comes down to time. In speed on the weekends. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I've got the option of getting a crawl space looked at by somebody else first, mm -hmm. it's just we haven't had that option in the last right. couple of years. There are some things we cannot get answers to on a weekend, which is why. And it, all the realtors out there who are listening to me, stop setting Sunday deadlines. If somebody wants the house that badly on Sunday, they're still going to want it on Monday. Okay. Monday at five o'clock. Monday at five o'clock. Monday at five o'clock. <laughs> Not Sunday at noon. <laughs> sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. No, I agree. It, it's some, um, yeah, it's mind boggling. It's like, why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. They're going to miraculously not with want you. it I'm 24 hours later. Yeah. Right. OCHAR members listening, please give us your feedback. Please send your questions. Please think about what you've heard here regarding continuing education and your own experiences and let us know what you think. We are really um, operating in a bit of a vacuum here. We want to discuss things that are helpful to you. So please 
get in touch with us. I think you've all been sent my email. It is mvaughn, V-A-U-G-H-N, at fmrealty.com. And you can send questions, comments to me, and they will remain anonymous. We will not reveal who's asking what. But we'd appreciate it. Unless you want us to. Yeah. If you really, you know, if you want to be promoted that way. Okay, you guys, any other thoughts at this point? No, just encourage everyone to come to the social events so you can come meet yeah, the people who are on the yeah. other side of that deal with you and know whether they're being, you know, pissy or not. Because <laughs> so, you'll have met them and yeah, have a sense. Because sometimes we just have to do what our clients want us to do. Yes. <laughs> Tell, tell them real quickly about the uh, OTAR event last week. Well, we had a great, great. time at, at Franklin Motors in Chapel Hill, and I think we're going to uh, try and bounce between Pittsburgh and Chapel Hill with uh, you know venues to go explore because we should also know we should do what's Hillsborough going too. on in our towns. We should do Hillsborough too. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'd There's be all so about uh, you know having it be at a different place yeah, every time. Great place. Um, grab a cold drink places. and chat with your fellow agents and figure out what the hell mm-hmm. is happening out there. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, Jackie, for helping to plan that event last week. It really was worthwhile. You guys are the best. And I thank you. I know Ochar thanks you. And we will talk again soon. Good luck with the remaining spring market as we move very quickly into summer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.